Well, you're listening to the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God, and we want you to uh, go and download our app. It's the app in the App Store uh, for your Android and your Apple device, and you can download it free of charge. It gives you access to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, music, preaching, and teaching, some of the best this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's not just me. It's mm. a whole lot of people. A whole lot of going on there. Yeah, I mean, there's John Sandy, Scott Means, uh, Pastor great. Jay Mace. Jay's awesome. Uh, and your message yesterday, I know we can't uh, speak in context of dates and things, but uh, what a, it was an awesome message. Oh, the Lord really helped me. Really good. Yeah. You know, it's amazing what you can get for $10 on Sermon.com. I th- you know? And you know what? When you use it, it sounds like a $15 one. A $15 <laughs> one? Well, when you rehearse it, you know, it's just, you know, I'm sure there's preachers that do that. Is this, can, on, I know you can't add or take away from the Bible, but uh, when you get a sermon like that and you pay it, are you allowed to add or take away from well, I don't know. I've never used Are you trying to catch me in something there? No, I've, I don't use Sermon.com. <laughs> I don't use it, so I can't tell you. Oh, you know, maybe but you had a the secret from you. No, I I figure that everything is from you know. It, somebody asked me one time. They said, "Do you listen to uh, to other preachers?" And it's very rare do I listen to anybody else. Well, where are you going to go from here? Well, you know what I mean, John. Yeah, <coughs> you know the reason why I don't <laughs> is because I don't want to get messed up into anything. I don't well, want I don't want to get on some kind of kick. That some other preachers on, I want to I want to be on what God wants, and uh, so I really I mean I don't listen to to preachers very often. Well, I'm kind of the opposite. I like to glean. What's that mean? That means I I take off what is good. Oh, okay. Because there I'm like you. I hear things going. Mm, not so sure about that one. I need to pray about that. But I also believe that. Uh, the advantage of gleaning for me, and and we're all different, folks, but. Uh, God will give me an idea, and I can learn from what someone else has been through. I can learn from them. I don't have to go reinvent the wheel. So I glean off what the, uh, I get from them that witnesses in my spirit, or I feel like this is absolutely wonderful. Uh, you mentioned we were talking off the air about how, uh, what was it we were talking about where, uh, no, I can't think of it right now. This lost me. But you said something that made me think about what I just wrote yesterday. You huh. said, yeah, you said something a little while ago in our conversation off the air. And uh, I thought, man, I just wrote that yesterday. You mean you listened to what I said off the air? I'm I'm amazed. That's when I listen to most. Well, when I'm not, when we're not on the air. Well, that that's, <laughs> there's something to that. That's, that's smart. You know, that, really, you know, I wasn't born last night. Just the day before. That's yeah, what I, 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 was, I was born at night, but not last night. That's is that what they said. Yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> definitely it. You know, well, you're starting. You know, John uh, John Sandy is on uh, the radio station uh, doing music that inspires. Mm-hmm. What time are you on? <clears throat> Four to six. Four to six. Mm-hmm. I heard PM. you. On, I heard you on at like twelve thirty <clears throat> this morning. Well, I was up late. Yeah, I. I mean, it's like I think I, I think no you're getting a free one. I think at, I did because yeah. uh, that's not in the plans. It's not, so you know we we'll have to send you a bill for that. I, no, I actually thought I'd get paid more because I've been on a extra time, and that was overtime. So that was whatever I was paid before. Yeah, time and a half. That please. I really want to work on that for this uh, for for the radio <laughs> station is to sell sponsorships and people to be a part of it. What's well, the quality is really good. I think it is. I think it's, and you do an awesome job, well, and it's, that's it's to just, your credit. But the music. The ministers you have on, the preaching, Jay and Scott, yourself and others, 
Wow, it's just really good stuff. If if a person really wants to uh, find favor with God and and get into the Word and follow the Word and and even find answers to situations they're going through, <clears throat> excuse me, the radio station offers you a array of stuff plus my wife's uh, recipe in a minute. So we get it. We got it all covered. Yeah, she does have we got a recipe food covered. In a we got we food, have food covered. All kinds of spiritual food and earthly food. <clears throat> oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, there you go. No doubt about it. Well, John <laughs> Sandy's starting a brand new series today <laughs> that he's been uh, he's been teaching this. <laughs> I'm just giving some background music. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> he's been teaching this at the Gasway campus during the Connect Groups, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. And it's called Truth or Consequences. Faith we just finished it. You just, just finished it. Finished it there uh, yesterday. One of the reasons why, looking back, that I do sometimes the same message here is my audience is different. Right. And and you know what, John? It's it's just amazing to me. I can do the same topic two different times, and man, the difference. Yeah. I got I got the same notes and everything, but sometimes I never touch my notes, and God has me in a different area. And it's things that I didn't know or do right. the last time I did that series. So thought I would just share with a, a different audience here, you know, some things God had showed me about truth or consequences. So here it is, part one, <clears throat> John Sandy. Truth or consequences, part one, faith or fiction. So that tells us that faith represents truth, doesn't it? <clears throat> so faith or fiction, choose which route you choose to go. Now, there's a game show. If you're old enough to remember, like me, there was a game show many years ago called Truth or Consequences. And that show uh, gave the uh, participants the opportunity to tell the truth or suffer the consequences. So on the show, the contestants, if they didn't tell the truth and they suffered the consequences, then uh, that created a scenario that, hey, you know what? It's better to tell the truth. So we're we going to walk by faith or just fake it. So it's faith or fiction. You're going to walk by faith. You're going to walk in truth. You're going to walk in reality because reality. People talk about their own realities, and that's you've heard John. You've heard people say, uh, "Well, that's your truth." <laughs> You'll hear people say things like that. No, 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 folks. What's truth comes out of the Word of God and from the mouth of God, and that is what we call faith. Because we attach our faith to what we believe. Now, you could believe something that's not true at all, and you can walk your faith that way if you want to. But if you're looking for truth, then attach yourself to the God of the universe who made it all, who knows all, and he'll put your little facts together and create truth. See, there are people that are studying and they're looking and experimenting with things, whether it be in the science field or biology, and they're looking for answers. And so they get little bits of truth here and there, little bits of facts here and there. And as they get more and more, their knowledge grows and their expertise grows and the results are much, much better the more they gather. But God can show you the future before it gets here. He'll give you facts and truths and wonderful things. And if you attach your faith to it, then God can manifest it. So it's important, folks, that we walk by faith or by truth. So it's either faith or fake. So to find God's will and do it, that's what we're called to do. Find God's will and do it. Very simple. Waiting on God is not a ministry. A lot of people will say, and I've done it many times, uh, I'm waiting on God, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're kind of in a holding pattern, <clears throat> but waiting is very active. 
Uh, you're gathering information sometimes. You're praying, and God's releasing certain things to you so you can start working in a certain direction. God will start narrowing down your options so that your ministry can be uh, come into fruition. So it's important that we wait on God, but waiting is like being on the edge of your seat. I'll remember when I was going to college. I was trying to decide whether to go back to college again, and I was talking to one of my ministers for a little, you know, little help, and he said something so wonderful I never forgot. He said, John, gathering information is always good, and sometimes God will help answer the questions that you have as you gather information. It's all about truth, though. And so I did that, and the more information I got gathered about, like, the bus routes, the calls for classes, when they schedule the classes, when are they available, what degree am I looking at. As I gathered information, I began to better understand what God wanted me to do. So waiting is really important. But eventually, we step out of the waiting into the purpose of that waiting. So what do we do while we are waiting is, is, is ministry. Waiting this let me say it this way. Apologize, I went a little fast there. Waiting is not a ministry. Okay? What you do while you're waiting is ministry. Let me say that again. Waiting is not ministry. But what you do while you're waiting is ministry. And don't look for a ministry to find your calling. I think I've mentioned this before. People uh, get under another minister, which is absolutely awesome. We should do that. We need to be mentored and discipled. But we need to be careful not to mistake in sitting under someone else's ministry as you finding your ministry from their ministry. God has your ministry for you. So what you do is you put together this relationship with other people's ministries, and you build upon that. You grow and mature spiritually from that. But God has a ministry for you. That's all I'm saying. Nothing really profound there. Just that don't look at other people's ministries as your stepping stone. People's ministries are a ladder, are not a ladder, it's a table. It's a place where you sit under people and you learn, but their ministry is not your ladder, your way to your ministry. God will do that one-on-one with you. So I hope that was clear enough. Our covenant with God is irrevocable but not unconditional. Okay? Our covenant with God is irrevocable but not unconditional. It's a two-way street. Think of it this way. We have the choice of either being spiritual beings or wandering in this world lost. See, we learn that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? So therefore, what you do in the physical should be a direct result of your relationship with God in the spiritual. Some people only know God in the physical. They go to church, they do this, they read the Bible, which is all wonderful, but they don't take it past the physical. God's relationship with us is spiritual. That's where warfare takes place. That's where our calling is produced. That is where the spirit within us as a believer can be manifest into the physical. But we don't walk spiritually in the physical. And that sounds not funny, doesn't it? We don't walk spiritually in the physical. The physical is there for the spiritual to manifest through. So think of it that way. When we think of being spiritual, our first thought is, uh, brings to mind is angels and cherubims, right? When we think of spiritual things. Now, Paul referred to the third heaven. You have the heaven above you, the sky. You have the spiritual realms, the second heaven. And you have heaven where we're going to be one day. Paul was caught up into the third heaven. So he had a chance to see things that he couldn't even put into words. Is that not exciting? Folks, I'm telling you what. 
Give God all you have right now. I mentioned this yesterday morning in church when I, I speak uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. live. I said, give him all you got now. Folks, give him everything. This life is short. It's like a vapor. Give him everything now and store up your treasures in heaven where rust and moth do not destroy. So when we think about being spiritual, our first thought, of course, is like I mentioned, angels and cherubim. We think of that and the little harps and the clouds and sitting on the cloud all day, right? Well, de- the definite operation uh, of the spirit realm, that is where God wants to operate, but, it's, but, to, but we need to do it in the spirit. Our spirit, when you get saved, you have a spirit that is perfect. It's not a baby spirit. It's not growing. It is an adult spirit. It's as, a, it's as matured right now in a believer as it will be in heaven. So you are given a spirit that operates in spiritual realms. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So, but what, uh, so what do we do with it as a believers? So we need to just simply say to ourselves in our, in ourselves, I need to just do this. I need to do God's will and not mine. My enemies are not in flesh and blood. I have people that don't like me or dislike me and they do harm to me or they verbally have, uh, come against me. Whatever it is, they're not your enemy because your battles your warfare is in spiritual realms, that second level. And so when we learn to understand this, all of a sudden we're not as easily offended by people that don't treat us right, that are not nice to us. Uh, and you don't take it as personal because it really isn't, folks. If this is spiritual warfare, then when they, when the flesh comes against you, other people, it's not personal because you don't operate there. So, you know, you, we could take things to heart. Uh, you hear someone say, I don't receive that. Well, that's not a bad thought because what you're saying is this person, John, did you know this person doesn't like you? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But that doesn't move me because they're coming against me in the flesh. My war is in, sp- in the spirit. So when they come against my flesh, it's a spirit coming against my, I hope you can hear this. It's when someone comes against you, keep in mind that it is their spirit coming against your spirit. And you live in a realm and you operate in the, the whole, the gifts that flow from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They flow through you and you are, you are like, built up. You're ready in the spirit realm. You're full. You got the armor of God. He's got your rear God. Your righteousness is right there going before you. And you're ready. That's where you have victory, folks, is in spiritual realms. And when you do that, those things that are going on in your physical realms are like flicking a flea off your arm. And that's why Jesus was so successful against uh, uh, Satan. Uh, the Bible tells us that he was drawn, the angel draw, drew him into the wilderness to fast, to, to be tempted. Now read the scripture there. To be tempted. Jesus got saved. He was, I mean, he got saved. I, I say he got saved. What I mean is Jesus had the Holy Ghost in him, or, in him when he was baptized by John the Baptist, but he was God incarnate already. But he had a choice. Otherwise, how do we learn from his example? He had to make a choice on what to do, what decisions to make all the time. We just think he he walked around on automatic pilot all the time doing what God said. No, he had to choose every day, how he responded and everything. And he grew in stature. At 12 years old, he learned the word of God and throughout his life until he went into the ministry, uh, he was learning the word. And then when he was baptized, he received the Holy Spirit. He went into the wilderness. Why did he go then? Because he was fully equipped. 
when you and God wants to, when God's going to send you out when you're equipped. He is going to send you out to wolves if you can't stand, if you have no, if you're on milk all the time, you're not getting on meat, and you're not growing spiritually. God can't take you very many places. But if you do like Jesus does, and you get you you get established in the Word, find yourself approved in the Word, and filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what He's going to do? He's going to send you into places where now you can operate in spiritual realms. See, when Satan came against him, he'd speak in the physical terms, right? Like turning turning the stone to bread. I'll give you this kingdom and all its glory. These are all physical things that Satan offered him. Jesus' response was always in the spiritual. Now catch that. Jesus responded in the spiritual. Paul came, uh, Satan came after him in the physical. Jesus responded to Satan in the spiritual. He said, I have, he said, you know, I'm not going to uh, turn stones to, uh, to bread and, and tempt my God. Um, and he tells the disciples, I have bread you, not, you don't know of. He's speaking in spiritual things. See, that's where Jesus operates is in the spiritual realms. And when they came against him physical, all they could do, hear me out, all they could do is destroy the body. See, the world can come against our bodies, but it cannot do anything against our spirit if we learn to operate in it. And that's why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need him to operate in us, because we need to learn how to operate in that second realm, the spiritual realm, because that is where the victories are won, and that is where they are fought. And when you win in the spiritual realms, people that come against you, it's just like flicking a flea off your arm again. That's not, that isn't going to pull me down. Uh, I, I can chew on that. And I can go back there if I want to, but if I operate in the spiritual realms, then God is going to equip me to come against everything that comes against me. It appears to be in the physical. Keep that in mind. There are things that are going to happen to you that appear to be coming against you in the physical. But then reality, in reality, you are in spiritual warfare, and you need to recognize that. When you have someone in your church or someone you know that just doesn't like you no matter what you do, it's easy to get down on yourself. But when you realize, I don't mean to dwell on this very long, but I think it's a key point this morning, this day, is when you operate in the spiritual realms and you feel the Holy Spirit and you got the gifts flowing, the nine gifts, and, uh, and you're, you're exuding the, the fruits of the Spirit, Anybody that comes to get you in the flesh can only do so much to you. They can cut you with a knife, but they cannot move you spiritually. You're a giant. You're a warrior for Christ in the spiritual realms. And that's where the battles are won. What do you mean by that? Well, you may have someone come against you in the physical, but if you respond to them, now listen to me, if you respond to them in the spirit with the fruits of the spirit and the nine gifts and the manifestations that come with the spiritual realms, you now have opportunity to win them to Christ. Folks, you're not going to talk anybody into loving God, and you're not going to be able to fake his love. You cannot fake God's love. You can't fake his gifts. You can't fake the callings. You can't fake any of that. Oh, you can fool a few people that aren't that are unintelligent, unintelligent about the word of God and spiritual things, but after a while, your flesh will catch up with your spirit if it's not of God, and you'll start manifesting that. So let's move on from there. Romans 8 9 from the NIV. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. Bingo. Exactly what I'm talking about. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and it is an actual thing that happens. He lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, that's the opposite. You're operating in the spirit. They're operating in the flesh. That's what it's telling you right there. They do not belong to Christ. See, folks, when people 
don't belong to Christ. And we see this all the time in our world. Our world's a mess. And there's a lot of things going on in the physical realm that can really pull us down, right? But, oh, if we believe that we operate in the spiritual realms and that's where we have authority, then we know that prayer changes things. We are either of this world, the flesh, or children of God, spirit. Get what I'm saying? We are either of this world, flesh, or children of God, spirit. Learn to understand this. Learn to operate in the spirit. And you'll be able to flick off those things that come against your flesh. And it could be your finances. It could be your physical health. It could be your mental health. It could be relationships. Whatever it is, all of these come against us in the flesh. But God has called us to respond in the spirit. I hope we can get this. Our choices are simple. We can walk with God in the spirit realm or for the devil who is spiritually dead. See, let me say that again. Our choices are simple. We, we can walk with God in the spiritual realms or we can walk for the devil, walk with him, do his will who, who is spiritually dead. The devil has nothing on you spiritually. When he was stripped in heaven and God, Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning, he was spirit stripped of all authority, all power, and all influence. And when I say influence, I'm talking about in the spirit. He cannot touch you in the spirit. If you move into the spiritual realms, you are, you are, the, you are the master of the universe, so to speak. God is our holy, our master, and it's through him we can do all things. In ourselves, we can do nothing. So don't misunderstand that. So, Let's continue on. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 53 from the NIV. He says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Folks, this is right in line with what we're talking about. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. See, everything in this world is going to die. We're going to go back into the ground. It all goes back where it came from in the ground. Everything, your possessions, your relationships, everything goes into the ground. It's gone. But, oh, what you have in the spiritual realms where you store up your treasures in heaven and heaven coming and all these things which are spiritual realms, the third heaven, all of these things will never perish or die. Your spirit will live on forever, whether you live for God or not. And there's a good and bad part of that, isn't there, folks? Listen, I tell you a mystery, it says. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. It's going to happen fast, folks. He's going to come for us, and it's going to happen so fast, like the twinkling of an eye, boom, it's gone. I mean, it's that fast. And those that are left behind that remain will understand. A lot of them will have enough education in the flesh to understand what happened in the Spirit. But it doesn't mean they operate in the Spirit. See, knowledge in itself will not get you there. It's what you do with it. At the last trumpet, that's when it's going to happen, folks. When the twinkling of an eye, the final trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the moral, mortal with the immortal immortality. See, we're going to have a new body one day. Why is that? Because right now we live in a physical world, and when we're transformed, we'll be in a spiritual world, and we'll need a spiritual body. It's kind of like on earth, it's like this is our space suit, so we can breathe and operate in this world. But our spirit, it's a whole different realm. This is going from flesh to spiritual. 
A Catholic thinker named Pierre Descartes said this, we're not, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Do you see the turnaround there? See, we, we know about the flesh. We, all we know is when I get hungry, I need something to eat. I got to breathe. I got to work so I can pay my bills. This is where we think we live. We do operate in the physical in this world, but we don't live there. We live and we operate and are faithful and victorious in spiritual realms. So let me say it one more time here. This is what he said. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. That's the way most of us look at it. But we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We must reverse our thinking. We must reverse our thinking. We need to start thinking in the spiritual because if you're going to operate in truth or as opposed to consequences, truth is spiritual, consequences is physical. When we don't operate in the spirit, then there's a price that we pay in the, in the physical. And it will affect us for eternity. Because one day we will all operate in the spirit one way or the other. And we'll live forever one way or the other. But do you want to live it with God? Or do you want to suffer the consequences of not choosing him? As we close, start to close out here, let me share this, this right here. There is a covenant, a blood covenant for whatever your need is in your life. So, you have a need in your life. Let's say you have a financial need. Let's say you have a relation problem. Maybe you have a marriage problem. You're close to divorce. Your children are far from God. These are all physical things that come against us, right? The answer to every one of these is to operate in the Spirit. And you think, well, how can operate in the Spirit bring in finances? How can operate in the Spirit uh, see my children saved? That's where God answers prayer, is in the spirit realm, then it manifests in the physical. So if you have a relationship with Christ and you operate in the spirit, then that spirit, with his spirit, as we become one, now all things are possible, the word of God tells us. So we begin to pray and seek God's word, and we wrestle, we wrestle as they did with angels, uh, Jacob did. We need to, to, that's where our warfare is, and it's won or lost there. And as you win, how do you win? Being faithful to God, doing his will and not your own, all those wonderful things that aligns us with God in the spirit realm. Now, in the spiritual realm, we can take authority over these things. God can manifest, as we, we talk about in Malachi 3.10 and Luke 6.38, promises of God, if we, we obey him, then he brings in. When God says, I'll bring men will pour into your bosom, and I'll pour out a blessing you can't contain in those two scriptures, that's a spiritual comment. Yeah, they may be physical people bringing money to you and pouring into your bosom, but it is a spiritual, it is a physical response to a spiritual victory. When you're victorious in the spirit, now you can walk more consistently, you complain less, um, you, uh, your, the joy is more complete in you. And now when you're faithful in the spirit realm, God begins to respond because of our victory. He responds in the spiritual realm and manifests in the physical, like someone pouring into your bosom. I hope you're following me here. Galatians three thirteen as we close from the new King James version, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Okay. This is physical and spiritual. Watch what happens here. As we close, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ is spiritually operating. That's, he's redeeming us. That's in the spiritual realm. What he is, he, The curse that he delivers from the law is physical. So there's an example where Christ operates in the spirit 
to redeem us, and it manifests in deliverance from the curse of the law in the physical. Having become a curse for us. He took it on himself, folks. You can't claim any victories. See, if we operate in Christ, you have nothing to brag about. And you won't get in trouble if you start bragging because humility is something you do. I mean, humbleness is something you do. If God has to humble you, it's called humiliation. And we don't want to go that route. Let's humble ourselves before living God, always giving him all the praise and all the credit because it's in him operating in us that anything is possible. The flesh is subject to the laws that govern this world. For the believer, Christ took that curse on himself so that we can walk free in the footsteps of Christ, our healer. Once again, spiritual realm, healer. I'm going to close with that one. Let me review it one more time. Next week, we'll get into Romans 8 11. The flesh has subject to the law. That flesh, obviously, we're talking about the physical world, is subject to the law, physical word, that governs this world, all physical world, okay? We operate in this place, in the flesh, subject to the law, as governed in this world. Now, watch this. For the believer, now, we're not talking about the sinner now. We're talking for the believer. Christ took that curse on himself, that's spiritual, and it's also telling us that there's nothing possible without him. He is king. It is all Glory to him for everything. He paid the price you couldn't pay. Okay? So he took on the curse himself. That's spiritual. Said that we can walk. Okay, now watch this. He operated in the spirit. He took the curse. Now we can walk free in the footsteps of Christ, our healer. We can walk with Christ in the spirit. And it will manifest in the physical. People say, hey, you you look like a Christian. Or, or you act like uh, Jesus acted in the Bible. Well, see, that they're seeing in the physical what has happened to us in the spiritual so that we can walk free in the footsteps of Christ, our healer. That is spirit manifest in the physical. When God heals you, it is a spiritual realm manifesting in the physical. So you have a soul, you have a body and your spirit. We have a body with a soul operating in the spirit. That's the three parts of that. So when we operate in the Spirit, you're going to find yourself in, oh, folks, this is exciting. You're going to find yourself in much more victory. You're going to be much more consistent in your walk because when you have a financial need, a physical need, or whatever it is, you don't fall apart because you go to God in prayer. You operate in the spiritual realms. Those gifts operate because of your faith releasing that truth into the world. And now you can lay hands on the sick. You can you can pray in finances. See how it turns into physical? It's exciting, folks. If you will walk with him, if you'll walk in truth, if you'll walk in faith, then you can operate in spiritual realms and you can call that which is called anything. You can name it. You can claim it because you're now operating the Spirit. And another wonderful thing, as I close here, I apologize, I want to finish with this thought here. Well, another one thing about operating in the Spirit is that you are more consistent. Now your testimony is much stronger. Now people want what you have. See, unfortunately in the world, they look at the church and they go, why do, I, why do I need to go to church? i got backbiting. I've got people that are stingy with their money. i got people that have... Look like they've been eating prunes all day on their face. I got that at home. I don't need to go to church for that. See, we've got to have something they need, and we do. But we've got to operate in the spiritual so it can manifest in the physical so they can see what we have. They can come into the body of Christ. They would surrender their lives to God, and now they can operate in the spirit, and we can come to oneness because we're two or more operating together. Man, 
God does a lot when we come together in oneness, and that's why the devil is against it. I saw so many Christians today, it surprises me sometimes how many Christians today uh, don't go to church. I don't get that. They are missing out, and other people are missing out by them not being there. So that's a whole different subject. Next time, let's get into Romans 8, 11, and we'll continue on down this path on part two on truth or consequences. Make your choice today because God has awesome stuff for you that will start in the spirit to manifest in the physical. Because you have a spirit, you have a soul. What you want to do, John said, I wish above all else you prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. What that's telling us is your soul will prosper if your spirit's allowed to reign. And when it's allowed to reign, what is it going to do? You're going to prosper and be in good health. That's where it manifests in the physical. So we'll close right there. So glad to have you with us today on True the Consequences Part 1, Part 2 next week. Romans 8, 11. Uh, check it out ahead of time and come back with us, and we'll continue our journey into complete truth, not just parts of fragments of, of facts, but full truth and operating in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we bless you. Thank you, John. Sandy, great job on the first edition of uh, first first part of truth or consequences absolutely three ways that you can give you can do it by uh, online text the word pulse to 1304-244-3187 go to the pulsechurch.com give through paypal also check out our website while you're there or mail your love gift to p.o box 141 gasway west virginia 26624 have a great day everybody thanks for listening and watching the pulse wb live and network that beats to the heart of god